that our Lord Jesus Christ spoke of in Matthew 24, verses 21 through 22. And if you would like to learn more in, uh, about Matthew 24, you can go back prior to the prior sessions that we had as we discussed um, uh, about the, the last days. And we talked about uh, things that were to to come and Jesus uh, admonished the body of Christ and said, do not be troubled, do not be troubled. So I want to give you that as a friendly reminder before we start that we are not to be troubled in this time because we have access to a father that loves us. And we are not going to go through this pressure and this agony and suffering that's going to be happening on the earth. We're going to stay focused in our Lord and Savior and uh, receive the peace and the grace and the mercy that he has to offer us. Uh, I am joined, my name is Dr. Donna, uh, Reverend Dr. Donna Ganny, and I'm, I'm joined here with Minister Gloria Vasquez and also Minister Belinda McKenzie. And so we're going to start off our session with prayer. That is so important under this kingdom mandate, the order of God that we exist in. So I want to ask Minister Gloria Vasquez, can you open us up in prayer? Yes, good morning. Uh, Father God, we praise you. We thank you, dear God, for this day, for getting us up and getting us uh, on our way. Father God, we praise you and we thank you for all the things that you will show us in this day through your word, dear God, through your presence. We pray, Father God, that um, you would give us the understanding, Father, and um, make our hearts right and our minds uh, renewed, our hearts transformed and our minds renewed, Father God, according to your word. We thank you, dear God, for your Holy Spirit who is with us, who will help us in all things, Father God. We thank you for your comfort through these verses that you will teach us today. And, um, dear Lord, we're just receptive to you. We welcome you to be in our midst, oh, Father God. And we thank you for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, again, I just want to refresh and say that we are coming out of Matthew 24. We're talking about the Great Tribulation from out of 21 and 22. And um, during this time, we know that this is a time of abomination and a foul thing, a detestable thing of pertaining to idolatry. And we're at a desolate period where uh, things are being laid waste, uh, going to ruin and to spoil um, at this period. And, and we're being stripped of uh, the body of Christ is being stripped of her treasures. Um, by various means, spiritual, physical, and um, we just want to be awake in this hour so we can be vigilant and proactive in seeking the Lord. Um, Some of the things that uh, are going to happen, we've been talking about out of Revelations chapter 6. We talked about the seven seals being broken, and and we're also going to continue that today when we talk about the seventh seal that is is being broken, whereby the uh, children of God, it's a time where uh, the, the judgments of the book is still continuing on, but it's also time of salvation for two uh, save multitudes, and one being Israel, and the other, which is much larger, is uh, from every kindred and nation that is in the earth, those that are accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. 
So the seventh seal is open, and also, too, we're going to embark on into some other judgments. So we, we are going over the seven seals now. Uh, the next one of the tribulations is the seven trumpets, the seven bowls of God's wrath, and um, we'll continue to, um, you know, go through the journey of Matthew 24, uh, where Jesus is given more clarification after the great tribu- uh, after he speaks of the great tribulation in Matthew 24, 21, 22. So I just want to read and, and refresh our minds here as we're talking about the last days, um, starting from Matthew 21, 22. He says, for then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor, no, nor ever shall be. And except those days shall be shortened, there shall be no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. So let's look at uh, that elect, the, the elect that the Holy Bible is missioning of in Revelation 7. And after we do that, we're going to go off into Genesis 49 and look at the original tribes of Israel to get a gain, to hopefully gain an understanding why, as to why some of the tribes are not making it in, into the last days, into where the seventh seal is being opened. So in Revelation 7, it said, And after the, these things I saw four angels, standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, the wind that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, and he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. Glory be to God. You know, in that day we're going to have uh, the servants of, our, of, of God, the ones that God see as his servants with a seal on their forehead. And it says in verse 4, And I heard the number of them which are sealed, and there were sealed an hundred and forty and four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel. So all of the tribes of the children of Israel. So starting off with the first tribe, it says, of the tribe of Judah were sealed twelve thousand. And the tribes of Reuben were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Gad were sealed 12,000. And of the tribe of Asher were sealed 12,000. And of the tribe of Nephilim were sealed 12,000. And of the tribe of Manasseh were sealed 12,000. And of the tribe of Simeon were sealed 12,000. And of the tribe of Levi, there were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Issachar were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Zebulon were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Joseph were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Benjamin were sealed 12,000. After this, I beheld and lo, a great multitude with no man, which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and peoples. And tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, 
Salvation to our God, which sitted upon the throne and unto the Lamb, and all the angels stood round about the throne, and about the elders and the four beasts, and fell before the throne on their faces and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessings and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and an honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes, and whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which come out of the great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb, Therefore are they before the throne of God and served him day and night in his temple, and he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, and shall lead them unto living fountains of waters, waters, Hallelujah. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Bless the Lord. Uh, the word of God has been spoken. And so in Revelations 8.1, I just want to add that in so we can clarify where we're getting that from, rightly dividing the word of God about the seventh seal. And it says, and when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. Okay, so we want to look at, we will walk through this uh, some last week, so go back and listen to the private previous episode so that you can uh, get to where we are now, where, where we have talked about uh, some of the tribes that are mentioned here in Revelations um, 7 and in Genesis 49. Jacob is speaking to his sons, and he's saying, I'm, I'm just going to read verse 1, and we're going to skip down to the rest of the tribes that we were going to. But in verse 1, he says, And Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together, that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last day. Uh, so it's it's referring to what is going to happen in the last days. So Jesus was talking about the last days, and this is why we are coming to Genesis 49. And we're, we're going to pick back up again from uh, Genesis 49, verse 16, on the tribe of Dan. And he is speaking unto his son, uh, Jacob. It, it, it says he was speaking in the natural, but he also was speaking in the spiritual because he says, gather yourselves together and hear ye sons of Jacob. And then he said, and hearken unto Israel, your father. So we're talking about the natural uh, Israel, and, and Jacob, and, and, the, and then uh, the spiritual Israel that God called Israel. So Genesis uh, 49 verse 16 it says then shall judge his people and one of the tribes of Israel 
Dan shall judge his people and one of the tribes of Israel. So Dan shall be a serpent by the way and an adder in the path that biteth the horse's heels so that his rider shall fall backward. And I have waited for thy salvation, O Lord. So um, let's talk about that. And uh, I want to start with Minister Belinda. Can you share what the Lord has revealed to you in that area? Talk about Dan, chapter, uh, verse 17. Uh, 16, 17, yes, primarily 16 yeah. and 17. As it says, Dan shall judge his people. And mm-hmm. as one of the tribes of Israel, Dan shall be a serpent by the way and an adder in the path that biteth the horse's heels so that his rider shall fall backward. It says, and I have waited for thy salvation, O Lord. It's saying that he's going to judge the tribes of Israel. There shall be a serpent by the way and an adder in the path that biteth the, heel, the horse's heels so that his rider shall fall backwards. If I'm comprehending this, uh, we know the enemy is a serpent and an adder and bite at the heels of the horse so that the rider shall fall backwards. So is he talking about the enemy of God, that he will judge God's people, but uh, the people that, okay, because it's a spiritual thing, if he's riding a horse, it's in a direction and he's judging God's people. Then a hindrance can come and those that follow that will fall backwards? Okay, so he said that he's going to, he says, then shall judge his people as one of the tribes of one of the tribes of Israel. Yeah, and and you know, in the time of uh, judges, uh, we know that Samson was from the lineage of of Dan. Um, can we think of any other of the prophets that may have been, or the judges that may have been from Dan, and um, some of the acts that occurred, and we can kind of get a more of a picture as to when and why Daniel was would have been excluded because Dan is one of those tribes that is not. Revelation as being as one of the uh, tribes that would be sealed. So let yeah, me so point that out. For what he's saying, that mm-hmm. there's going to be like uh, a disruption of, uh, you know, a disobedience that's going to cause them to fall backwards. Yes, and that they God did. waited on their salvation. But they, I guess they didn't, they didn't make it in because of those hindrance that they allow. Yeah. And what what has the Lord showed you in that area, Minister Gloria Basquez? Well, I um uh, I wanted you know, I, I think a lot of the testing referred to the how Dan was named and I just wanted to go to um uh chapter thirty uh, verses 1 to 6, and I want to uh, just read it. 
It says, now when Rachel saw that she was, uh, that she bore Jacob no children, she became jealous of her sister, and she said to Jacob, give me children or else I, I die. Then Jacob's anger burned against Rachel, and she said, am I in the place of God? And uh, he said, am I in the place of God who has withheld from you the fruit of the womb? I uh, remember here that uh, her sister, Leah, was not loved by uh, Jacob. And because of that, the Lord opened the womb of Leah, and he kept Rachel's womb barren. And it was Leah who was giving Jacob the, the, his sons. Uh, but here, now Rachel has become jealous of her sister, and she's uh, asking her husband to give her children, and, and he's answering her, and he's saying, am I in the place of God? In other words, the Lord has judged and the Lord, based on the Lord's judgment, Leah is having the children and not you. You're barren. And so uh, he says, uh, the Lord has withheld from you the fruit of the womb. And she said, here is my maid, Bilhah. Go into her that she may bear on my knees, that through her I too may have children. So she gave him her maid, Bilhah, as a wife. And Jacob went into her. Bilhah conceived and bore Jacob a son. Then Rachel said, God has vindicated me and has indeed heard my voice and has given me a son. So now, now Rachel has a son through Bilhah, her maidservant, and therefore she named him Dan. And the word Dan, the word Dan means judgment. Uh, so now here uh, in Genesis 49, and I'm just going to go back uh, Back to that, so that we can so that we can read it. Uh, Genesis forty nine verse uh, sixteen. We're seeing that it says Dan shall judge his people, and what does his name mean? It means judgment, right? And here he is the judge of his people, as one of the tribes of Israel. Uh, some of the descendants of Dan would be uh, turning away from the Lord. And because of that, he will be judging. And remember, this is, um, uh, this is pertaining to Dan's future as a tribe. And so as a tribe of Israel, uh, some of his descendants would abandon their faith in the Lord. And yet the godly can still expect salvation from God. So uh, Dan defends his people, and uh, he says, he cries out in verse 18, for your salvation, I will wait, O Lord. So uh, you can see here the aggression of Dan to defend his people. So he's a defender of the people, and yet he's a godly man. He judges between his people, and he uh, awaits the salvation of God. So uh um, I think that's what that pertains to. Okay. Um, can we also take a look at Judges uh, 18? Let's go to Judges 18 just to interject what does actually happen with uh, Dan according to the Word of God. Judges um, 18, I want to make sure that I'm giving you the right. Scripture from my notes. 
30 through 31. Let's see what happens when we get to the stage of the judges. Um, and this is really a long, um, I would say, to read it, everyone who may be listening in at this time. You might want to read all of Judges 18 so you can get the full picture. But reading from 30, it says, And the children of Dan set up the graven image. And Jonathan, the son of Gershom, and the son of Manasseh, he and his sons were priests to the tribe of Dan until the days of uh, captivity of the land. And they set them up Micah's graven image, which he made all the time that the house of God was in Shiloh. True. And that's not all of the acts that Dan uh, performed. Eventually there came a time where Dan was separated from the tribe of Israel, you know, and there were so many things that Dan did that was very contrary at that season uh, toward the works of, uh, toward the will, sovereign will of God for the tribe of Israel. And uh, it separated it separated them from God. And then we get to Sam, Samson. I don't I I don't think that Samson himself totally took on the nature of what would have been Jacob because uh, well a lot of the judges at that time because of the transition in time in which we see now uh from the time when you know the people like John Wesley and uh, Martin Luther and uh, some of them came out and they they began to uh, preach the roots of the Word of God in its original context to open the mind of the people. And then it's like all of a sudden the mind of the people went sleep and everybody's going back to uh, the old way, whereas they're sitting and waiting for someone else to feed them instead of seeking it out themselves. And so, um, and then a lot of people busied themselves because even looking at Gideon, he was doing things that uh, his father had an altar erected toward Baal. So they're living in these systems that appear to be of godliness but not really of the original sovereign will of God for Israel. And so Samson himself was not functioning the way that uh the the israel's israelites were taught uh from god himself um they changed along the way after joshua they changed so then it's like he looked like he has adapted to all of these things because there was no king in israel there was no uh uh you know real assigned people to keep them directed toward the Levitical order that God had given, you know. Um, So you guys share your thoughts in that area, starting with uh, Minister Belinda. You know, when you was talking about how he was born, uh, Rachel didn't humble herself before God. 
And her husband said, you know, try to give her some understanding when he said, am I, you know, aspect is like, is it he, God? God is the one that gives the fruit of the womb as his reward. And if he does something, then there's a reason. Something is not in line. And then for her to go, and she didn't wait on God. She went and did it herself, like Sarah. You know, she decided to do it. Not, you know, and I think when you do stuff like that, it sets other things in motion. You know, because it wasn't, and then she said, God rewarded me. God didn't have nothing to do with that. She did that. So uh, I think when you start seeding something that is not directed by God, then you leave it open for the enemy because he says he was a, a serpent by the way and an adder in the past that bite at the horse's heels so his rider shall fall backwards. God considered him like a serpent and an adder. And that's all mixed in with the enemy and that who comes to kill, steal, and destroy and cause you to err or go backwards? The enemy. You know, and her, her, her uh, God rewarded the other sister because she knew she wasn't wanted and she cried and prayed to God, you know, and he had compassion towards her. Rachel had anger. So it looks like all of that was set in motion, and this wasn't the choice. It's like Sarah. She got jealous, too. You know, she I mean, she had a word from God that God would give her a baby, but she didn't wait. So she got a servant woman put her on them. I didn't know. Uh, uh, Donna gave me some enlightenment of the customs, you know, then putting the, the woman on her knee or in between her laps or whatever was a custom they had. So here they fall back into customs that are not of God, you know, just something that man does, and uh, because God gave a word. Sarah would bear a child from Abraham. And that child is a nation in itself. And there's a lot of turmoil that came out of that nation. You know, and according to the, the words that just, just spoke, you could see it. He himself didn't follow God. He allowed them altars to be up, you know. If you're a leader and you don't follow the direction of God and you start taking on customs of things around you, then God is the direction for any human being and any leader and nation, you know. And that's why when he says his his thoughts is not our thought, our thoughts is not his thoughts, and his our ways is not his ways. And you can look at mankind now. But there's so much our way until we are in a hell of a destruction. That's all I got to say. That's good. And uh, Minister Gloria Vasquez. Uh, you know, uh, one of the uh, key words, uh, key phrases in there is that uh, 
the, the graven images that they had set up for themselves, totally in violation of the, uh, the commandments of God that they, uh, that they had. And um, uh, for graven images, uh, in Isaiah 42.8, we read, uh, you know, there are direct consequences to, to doing that kind of thing. And Isaiah 42.8, it says, I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not give my glory to another, nor my praise to graven images. And uh, in uh, Isaiah 42.17, they will be turned back and be utterly put to shame. That's part of the consequences. Who trust in idols. Uh, idols is another word for graven images. Who say to molten images, you are our God. Uh, and in Jeremiah 51, 52, again, talking about the consequences of having idols or, or uh, graven images before God, it says, therefore, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will punish her idols, and the mortally wounded will groan throughout her land. So um, the Lord definitely has some uh, some clear instructions and some definite consequences for those who raise up uh, graven images. Uh, and I think Dan brought that upon himself uh, when they when they did that. Amen. Bless the Lord. Okay, so we're going to move on. We're going to move on in Genesis, uh, go to the next one, because we know that for sure Dan was the tribe that was taken out uh, totally of those that were in Revelation that were going to be sealed. And in 19 it says, Gad, a troop shall overcome him, but he shall overcome at the last. He shall overcome at the last. Uh, how do we go. see uh, God playing a role in this revelation uh, seven being sealed? Um, Minister Gloria. All right, so God, um, I have done. Uh, misfortune uh, was brought on uh, by a band of invading marauders. Uh, according to this uh, prophecy, but he is resilient um, at attacking those who attack him. Uh, so it shows some strength on the part of Gad to be able to uh, to strike back, and and that indicates to me that there's a blessing on him. If he's got the strength and the power to be able to strike back, then I'm believing that that power is from God and that strength Amen. is coming is of the Lord. Um, he strikes at the heels shows that uh, his enemy is in flight. So uh, the fact that uh, he strikes at the heel tells me that in some way he put the enemy to flight. Uh, the enemy it shows that the enemy is running from him, and um, and he's vulnerable. The enemy is vulnerable from the from the rear. Um, so Moses also recognized uh, recognizes and blesses Gad. As, a, as committed warriors uh, in Numbers 32-33. So uh, I, I see Gad as a, as a people of strength and power, a blessed of God, and um, they, they now have blessings uh, upon them from both uh, Jacob and from uh, Moses. 
I totally agree. We can see in 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 the future sense all the way through that God was like warriors. They were fighting. Um, in the, the word, like it says there, His name, truth. It says He shall overcome him. God, a truth shall overcome him, but he shall overcome at the last. And he, he that tribe was a warrior along with the other Israelites. Um, Minister Belinda McKenzie, do you have anything you would like to say in there? Yes. Yes, it's symbolic to when it says gag, a gag, a truth shall overcome. You know, it's the same thing with us. You have to be a warrior. You have to be angry, not only angry and sin. You know, you uh, anger in God is to fight, and He can come angry enough to you want to warfare against the enemy, because He's treading on your territory, trying to what either push you back or the enemy comes in different directions. But according to this, when He said He hit, she was saying He hit the heel. Why is it there's mention of that in the Bible often on about the heel, you know, the foot? And stuff. If you hit a person in their leg with enough force, it takes the body down. And they can't run. So they're weak, you can kill them. And even though the adversity came, he fought. And and God gave him power because all power comes from God. You know, there's a power you can get from the enemy, but it cannot overtrump the power of God. Because that's how to lie. God is over the enemy. Satan has never been over God. He didn't create the earth. He's just a deceiver. So no matter the adversity, if you maintain in the power of God and the strength, this man overcame because that's the promise of God. We shall overcome because Jesus did it. I like that, that he was a troop, a warrior. You know, he warred against the enemy and refused. You have to, the only way you have victory is you got to refuse this. You don't sit down and, and, and sit at a table and eat the mess that the enemy says. You know, if he comes, you get warned. And he, gave, he was given victory. But he shall overcome at the last. That's all that matters. You know, when God says the word, I am the Alpha and the Omega, he doesn't say what's between that Alpha and Omega. He says he's the beginning and he's the end. As long as he's in the front and he's helping you at the end, you will win. Because he's the Omega, the Omega and the Alpha. The beginning and the end. Yeah, and it says in verse 20, it says, And out of Asher, his bread shall be fat, and he shall yield royal dainties. And we know that in the time of Solomon that Asher was one of the ones that did provide uh, for the uh, king. So uh, let's share your uh, revelations that the Lord has showed you in the word, um, Minister Belinda McKenzie. Well, when it says out of Asher, you know, each one had a designated uh, gift or word from God. So this man 
would be able to bring prosperity to people. Because out of his bread, you know, okay, out, um, out of Asher, his bread shall yield fat. And he yield, shall yield royal dainties. So it was something of uh, worth and good. Every one of us, you know, every nation has their, even in the house of God when they built it, when Solomon built it, God directed them. Each person had a portion in it and tribe. You had the gatekeepers, you had this one, it did the uh the wood, the, all of that stuff. So here he talks about a nation and this man would bring prosperity. Would they be able to give something to someone? And that's uh all I got to say. I mean if we listen to God, each portion something God has for us. As a people, amen. amen. And as a and there's, there's some instruction in everything. Yeah, instruction. God, yeah, some instruction for them to hold on to for the future. Because anytime we receive a word or we partake in the word of God, it's something for us for now. It's something for us in the future. But He said, yeah. in the last days, these things that they should take understanding on. And so uh, in Naphtali, in verse 21, it said, Is a hind let loose, and he giveth goodly words. Uh, I'm sorry, before we go there, uh, Minister Gloria, did you have anything to share on Genesis 49.20 in regards to Asher as well? I did. Um, uh, concerning uh, the food, um, it says uh, the the verse itself. Uh, I'm just going to go back there. Uh, Out of Asher, his bread shall be fat, and he shall yield royal dainties. Not just dainties, but royal dainties, which is interesting. And so, to me, that was saying that uh, his food will be rich. You know, his, his uh, when it says the food was fat, to me, it, it indicates richness. Um, and in the yielding of royal dainties, it describes um, the produce of his of Asher's fields, um, that his fields were fertile. And because of that, he had a variety of foods and uh, not just the basic foods to yield on these fields, but uh, foods that were different, that he, was, he had enough uh, land and the land was fertile enough that he could produce uh, those kinds of foods that are and we consider extras, you know, uh, so he could afford the delicacies fit for a king because it's described as royal dainties. Uh, delicacies also means delight or gratification of the inner person. And we read that in uh, Proverbs uh, 29, 17. He enjoys favor with his siblings and, uh, again, uh, prosperity and security. According to Deuteronomy 33, uh, 29 and 25, I just, uh, 33, 24 to 25, I just want to go there to Deuteronomy for a minute. Um, and I'm just pulling that up here. And it reads, and of Asher, he said, let Asher be blessed with children. Let him be acceptable to his brethren. That means favor with his brothers. And let him dip his foot in 
oil. In oil, usually oil represents wealth. It represents abundance and prosperity. Thy shoes uh, shall be of iron, which means uh, they're malleable, malleable, and of brass. Uh, and of brass. And as thy days, so so shall thy strength be. There is none like unto God of Jeshurun, so uh, who rideth upon the heaven in thy help, uh, and in his excellency on the sky. The eternal God is thy refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms, and he shall thrust out the enemy from before thee. So clearly Asher is blessed. He's blessed in the land, blessed in the, in the fields. He's blessed with his brothers, his uh, favor with the Lord and with men. Uh, this man is just doing something right. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Spiritually blessed as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Amen. Spiritually. And and so in twenty one it said, Naphtali is a hind let loose. He giveth goodly words. Mm. Wow, that's that's a deep, uh, just small little verse right there. Naphtali is a hind let loose. He giveth goodly words. Minister Belinda McKenzie. That key word there is loose. He didn't have no, God let him be loose. So there was no boundaries other than what, you know, God would do. But he was free. He was free. The word was Given he was given goodly words, godly, you know, goodly. So he was able to move. It was loose, you know. It would spread. And, and what you said that people need to understand: you cannot produce nothing if you're not spiritually blessed and spiritually sound. That has to come first before you could even produce something. That's why I said seek the kingdom first. And all these things will be added. And, you know, there's an order. I'm looking at everything God said. Every last one is like an order going up from the beginning and up and then all the way down and then, you know, just giving out. And that hind reminds me of that uh, when God says he'll give you hind feet. That's something you can, you know, you can go up. If you see those, uh, there's a certain kind of um, goats that can go up to the steepest, steepest, sharp hills and be able to climb up there. And I actually seen one give birth on that uh, hill. And that baby fondled around for a minute, and then it got up and walked up there with its mother. Now, that's natural. But God gave him hind. And then loose ability to to stand and and conquer things, you know, go up on things and let that word go. But it was goodly words, and we know what that is. That's the word of God. Only God's word can bring goodness and and bring produce something. There's a scripture that says, I will give you hind feet. Huh? Oh, that Nephtali also, too. Jesus visited Nephtali 
in the time um, he visited Zebulun and Naphtali, and according mm-hmm. to the whole Bible during that time that he was walking on the earth, according to Matthew 4.13. And um, it was a time that he was able to get around uh, the the tribe of uh, Naphtali, not just looking at Naphtali as an individual himself, because we're talking about nations. And we're talking about people who dwelled in those nations that um, Joshua had given to each tribe. And so... Mm -hmm. Jesus walked, he was in the presence of that uh, area at that time. And um, when we, like you said, when we talk about hind feet, we can talk about going into high places without stumbling and without falling. You know, he, the strength of the hind, strength of uh, the deer's hind feet is, is very strong. And it's able to yeah. climb off areas where other animals can't, even a lion's find it difficult to get up into those high places, but um, somehow the the ram, the sheep, has its way of climbing into those high mountains, getting into the presence of the Lord. Uh, a minister, uh, Gloria Vasquez. Um, for Nastali, uh, uh, I have here that uh, a doe, let loose. Uh, he gives beautiful words. Let loose uh, can mean like a spreading limbs, uh, such as in Isaiah 16, 8. And I just want to go to Isaiah 16, 8 and, and read it for you. Uh, Isaiah 16:8 For the field of Heshbon languish, and the vine of Sibna, the lords of the heathen have broken down the principal plants thereof. They are come even unto Jazer. They wandered through the wilderness, and her branches are stretched out. They are gone over the sea. Therefore, I will. Uh, uh, so uh, they have gone over the sea. Um, Therefore, I will bewail with the weeping of Jazer, the vine of Sibna. I will water thee with my tears, O Heshbon and Elia. Uh, so it, it indicates the uh, uh, the Joe that has been let loose. It indicates that he's, he's able to uh, go farther, go far. And then I have here, um, let's tell you. There were no borders uh, to the north for Naphtali. Uh, so there was uh, no limit. Uh, he was free to roam where it pleased him. Uh, Naphtali had natural resources uh, that afforded them um, beautiful and bountiful land. And uh, they had great blessing of the Lord, according to Deuteronomy 33 and 23, which I also want to go to. Uh, Deuteronomy 33 and 23. Uh, And of Naphtali, he said, O Naphtali, satisfied with favor and full with the blessing of the Lord, 
Possess thou the west and the south and of uh, and the south. So here, Nathalie is blessed with land. He's able to go free uh, to enjoy the land and all that it's afforded him. And uh, that's what I'm getting from that verse. He was free to go. Yeah, yeah. that's good. So let's go into uh, Joseph. Mm. Yeah. Joseph is a fruitful bow. Did you have something else you wanted to interject? Uh, are you okay. talking to me? Yes. Uh, no, no, that was it. Uh, well, concerning, we were talking about Naphtali, uh, uh That was all I wanted to say about Naphtali. It seems to me just, just a blessed, and in particular blessed with a, a, a freedom to roam and to use his land as he wanted to and enjoy it. And I think because of that, he had uh, um, happy words, blessed words. You know, uh, what could he say that was bad? Mm. Yeah, and I, when I look at goodly words too, I look at it as from a from a sovereign will of God. Because um, you know, when it, we can look at David when he said, uh, "Dwell in the counsel of the godly." So I believe he was speaking words probably that had uh, the things of God included in it as well, words that would uh, keep uh, them into the sovereign will of God. That would be the most beautiful and goodly words that we could even, anyone could ever have uh, in Jesus' name. And um, Genesis 429, uh, for uh, uh, Genesis 49:22 it says Joseph is a fruitful bow even a fruitful bow by a well whose branches run over the wall the orchards have sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him but his bow abode in strength and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob from thence is the shepherd the stone of Israel, the stone of Israel, even by the the God of thy father who shall help thee, and by the Almighty who shall bless thee with blessings of heaven and above blessings of the deep that lieth under, so the heavens above and what lieth under, blessings of the uh, breast and of the womb, and blessings of thy father have prevailed above the blessings of my progenitors. Unto the utmost bound of the everlasting hills, they, they shall be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of his head of him that will, will separate from his brethren. Wow. That's a deep blessing. Um, yeah. Amen. Minister uh, Gloria, share what the Lord has given you in that, in regarding uh, the last days for our Joseph. Wow, so many, so many blessings, wonderful blessings. But you know, truly, Joseph got his blessings amidst persecution. There's no doubt that Joseph suffered in his life, and that he was persecuted both by the uh, uh, by his brothers, which is very unfortunate. And uh, also by the Egyptians uh, during his time of slavery. Uh, but here, fruitful bow by a spring. Uh, you know, the the spring means indicates waters, just flowing waters that just uh, it fertilizes the land and it makes it uh, makes it fruitful. 
Brand, uh, the branches that run over a wall. And when I think of branches that run over a wall, you know, I remember when I uh, when I had my house, uh, there were trees from the neighbor's house that were beautifully grown, and they were, the branches of those trees would often come over my fence. And I could see the, the leaves and the, the branches from these great trees. And they were just, they were doing that because they were fruitful trees. They were great uh, trees that had grown tall and beautiful and green. And so they were extending right over, you know. Uh, archers attacked him uh, would indicate the, those that had persecuted him. Uh, they, uh, they attacked him. Uh, they shot and harassed him. Again, this is indicative of his persecution. Uh, but his bow, B-O-W, his bow, remained firm, which indicates to me that even under persecution, he remained faithful to God, and he remained humble before God. In a, in a position described here, his bow. He, he bowed continually before God. He, he, was, uh, he was faithful to the Lord. And, you know, even when I think about it in the physical sense, uh, Joseph was always a servant. Uh, when he was serving under Potiphar's house, uh, he was a very excellent servant, and he was promoted um, when he was in Pharaoh's house. Again, an excellent servant, and again, promoted. Um, uh, ag- agile arms. Uh, he was very conscientious of the needs of the people. And um, he dispersed, and he was an excellent steward, and dispersed the goods evenly and fairly. Uh, um, it describes him as the stone of Israel. You know, when I think of a stone, I think of a, of a foundation, and uh, something on which it's, uh, it's good to build upon a good stone. So it, it indicates uh, his, his uh, his strength and his ability to bear up other things as a shepherd. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, it says, God of your father helps you, indicating his blessings. And his blessings are from the Lord. Uh, your mighty blesses you. Blessings of heaven. I mean, this is a man clearly uh, acknowledged by God. As uh, one of his, uh, he's just blessing him. Blessings of breast and wing uh, indicate uh, blessings from his provision and when he's blessed from the wing from uh, the time of his birth, God had his eye on him. <clears throat> blessings of fathers that the blessings of ancestors. Uh, again, he's clearly marked by God. Uh, he's not most bound of everlasting hills. Uh, when you think of a hill, you think of a high place. Uh, he's blessed highly. May they be on the head of Joseph, the singer, uh, uh, among his brethren. Okay, he's marked as special, thank God. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. And I'm, I'm sorry. 
And if you ever look at wolves and how they fight, they move in packs and they have a, a hierarchy. There's one wolf that's over the pack, but they're very skilled in their, their ability to attack and they send out a scout. But they work as a team when they devour something. And then they get, you know, each gets a portion of that meat. So God gave him an example of that. So he, 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 he was very aware of what's around him and knew when to attack and attacked aggressively. And they reaped the spoils. But, I mean, all of it is amazing how God puts it in order. Every tribe was, you know, given something. And they were skillful at what they did. The ones that didn't weren't skillful. You know, it's amazing that the father said, come and, and let me tell you this. And God was letting them know what they would face. He said, in the last days. So it's a powerful thing when God says, come see, gather. It's important to God's people that they have an ear and have eyes to see. And if God ever tells you to come, you need to come and sit down and see what God's telling you. <clears throat> and not fear if he shows you some things that will take place in the future and in the latter years. Because when he does, he gives you preparation. You know, and he divided the swamp at night. In my view, scripture, he says, you know, about uh, the, uh, what is it, uh, the light in the day. You know, no man can uh, see uh, in the dark. You have to see in the light when it's it's an op- a season and an opportunity. No man can work, you know, at night. But that's all I have to say. Amen. And you know, one of the great things about this is that we can see Benjamin. Um, we see Saul came from Benjamin. He was warring, right? Mm-hmm. They were warring. He was a warrior. And um the beginning, he defeated the Philistines in many ways. And we also can see that in the book of Judges, when Benjamin uh, played a role as uh, the, the tribe of Benjamin, they ended up fighting fighting in Judges 2015, and there were only 26,000 of them defeating Mm 400,000 individuals. um, They had a special uh, ability to to fight and to defeat the uh, people that they were coming up against. And we also can see it in um, when the battle in Shiloh, um, you know, where... uh, they were uh, catching and carrying away their, the daughters of Shiloh, and so they went in and they fought, and, and that's in Judges 21, 23, and they were the ones that were uh, that would go out into battle and ray. I'm not too much of a favorite of King Saul, but he was used for his purpose and reason and in his hour, um, but God... Uh, saw that it was fit and more uh, better to have someone that understood him that could relate with him, which we can see that's why King David came in, which was of the tribe of Judah. So there were more than one uh, 
tribe, one uh, members of the tribes that had that ability to war, to fight on behalf of Israel, which is great. It's wonderful. But now when we get into the end times, we look and we see that there's only 12,000 that's been of each tribe that that the Lord is healing. So let's let's look at that. Why why do you suppose that is happening, Minister Belinda? Because I mean, there's gonna be a weeding out. I mean, God called them, you know, by uh his dad giving them the instructions. But it's up to you know, some of them either were killed off, some of them didn't listen. You know, so only a certain amount, you know, survived and came out. Because it was foreknowledge. I mean, he 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 told them, you know, each tribe, and he blessed them, you know. Just because you're blessed doesn't mean that you're going to prosper if you don't listen. You don't follow the direction. You look at the example of Saul. God called him to be a king. But what happened to Saul? God anointed him. But then David would take his place. So, I mean, God called it, but yet another man would take his place. So, I mean, these people were blessed and God had told them and prospered them. And only a small number of them would... uh, Make it to the end part, the tribes. Some of them were moved. Dan didn't get in there. So there's a lot of factors that can keep, you know, a people out. You know, wars. And you know, when God sends you out to war, people can lose their lives. Disobedience. And Minister Gloria, would you like to share what the Lord has shown you in that area? Uh, he he separated out those that he had remained faithful to him. Um, mm-hmm. Again, it had to do with them not uh, the ones that didn't set up idols or uh, uh, didn't set up uh, with the graven image. And I just wanted to um, uh, quote here uh, Deuteronomy 23.3, uh, No Ammonite or Moabite uh, shall enter the assembly of the Lord None of their descendants, even to the tenth generation, shall ever enter the assembly of the Lord. And again, uh, Deuteronomy 23, 5, excuse me, nevertheless, the Lord your God was not willing to listen to Balaam, but the Lord your God turned the curse into a blessing for you because the Lord your God loves you. Uh, uh, 23, 4. Because they did not meet you with food and water on the way when you came out of Egypt. And because they hired against you Balaam, the son of Baor, from Pethor of Mesopotamia, to curse you. Um, uh, uh, in uh, Nehemiah 9.2, it says, The descendants of Israel separated themselves from all foreigners and stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their fathers. So there, there, there was a, there was an acknowledgement on Israel's part that they needed to maintain the standard of holiness, that they needed to maintain the laws of God, they needed to stay in covenant and fellowship with God. 
and in observing that, the Lord uh, rewarded them. He blessed them. Amen. You know, I think one of if we look at even now um, in this season, and according to the warnings from the major and the minor prophets to Israel, um, you know, Jesus Christ was spoken of, and uh, the re- rejection of Jesus Christ alone uh, is mm-hmm. why a lot of people will not make it in, you know, because it's a requirement. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, but yet uh, there are many um, people that will continue to hold on to uh, the the commands, which we want to follow the commands of Moses, don't get me wrong, because they were set as a sovereign will by God for our best interest. Uh, so don't don't get me wrong there, but I I believe that a lot of uh, Israel uh, will not make it in because they have lost the way, which is Jesus Christ, and they have re- totally rejected Him, and they were rejected in their forefathers' time. Minister Belinda, share your thoughts there. Yes, uh, a lot of yes, what you're saying is examples from the beginning to the end. You know, uh, from the beginning of the Bible to the end, where there was specific things that God laid down, and then there was rejection of it. You know, instructions, and he told them, do not, when I send you into this land, do not partake of their gods. Do not do this. Do not, not do this. He gave them commandments and orders. But they, a lot, some of them followed and some of them didn't. You know, and and this is even in Revelations. When you connect what he told them here, they had they, all of this word. It applies. You know, he says that you can only love him. There's only one living God. So you have to set your mind and your heart and your soul towards what thus says the Lord. And when you do that, God is forever before you. He says he is your weapon, your fortress, and and he is able to give all kinds of benefits, kinds of power to you. It's not by might but by the Spirit of God. So the lack of following those instructions as they lived and passed through lands, God does what he says he's going to do. Um, even in when you go to Revelations, he's allowing these things to come. He tells you that the seal will be put on those that are his. That reminds me of the blood that he put on the doors. But he told them, you know, to stay in their houses. They were to do certain things. And when that death angel came into Egypt, those that listen, the blood, if they hadn't put the blood over their doorway, that that angel could come in the house. When they traveled through the the uh, uh, leaving Egypt, you know, they had fire by night. Uh, all of these things God provided, but not all of them made it into the land, the promised land of milk and honey. They went back to which God told them not to go. They set up an idol. They began to worship another God. 
this this is this is good meat and it's a powerful thing. You know that these are nations, they're sons, but out of a son comes a nation. And out of those nations there comes instructions. you got to be willing to follow. You know, uh, like Sister Donna said, you know, you're not disregarding the commandments, but there's more beyond those commandments. Jesus came and gave us another way, so you've got to connect those with the other pieces. Because the beginning takes us from one level, then the middle part, the in-between part, the end part, takes us all the way out. So there's not just one dimension. You have to follow all of that and then see God for what he's saying. Amen. I totally agree. And without the fullness of the word of God, that's where we miss the heartbeat of God because yeah. we uh, we are just beating off of one pulse. And um, we know we all know that we need more than one pulse in order for us to survive. And so God is dimensional. His word is dimensional. Everything about the Lord is dimensional. Twelve pillars. Well, you know, everything that he does is dimensional. And yeah, measure he says 12,000 tribes over it, over 12,000 tribes. Yeah. You know, 12,000. Yeah, so we have to understand why, why all of a sudden, oh, Lord, you know, these were a chosen nation. Why now mm-hmm. are you... Some being excluded. I mean, that's that's an important part because these, in one part they're being blessed because when you get to Deuteronomy 33, um, he begins to bless them again. And you know, and I'm I'm just going to read over this. We pretty much talked about it, but I'm just want to go over what Moses is now saying because Moses has given a, a ter- uh, the word of God as it was passed down from generation to generation. Um, and he's saying that this is the blessing wherewith Moses, the man of God, blessed the children of Israel before his death. And he said, he said, the Lord came from Sinai and rose up from Seir unto them. And he uh, shined forth from Mount Paran, and he came with ten thousands of his, what, saints from his right and went, and, and went on a fiery law for them. Yea, he loved the people, all his saints are in in his hand. Amen. Um, and they sat down at thy feet. Everyone shall receive of thy law. Can uh, Minister Gloria, uh, can you read from there in verse 4? Sure. And it says, Moses commanded us a law, even the inheritance of the congregation of Jacob. And he was king in Jeshurun, when the heads of the people and the tribes of Israel were gathered together. Let Reuben live and not die, and let his men be few. And this is the blessing of Judah, and he said, Hear, Lord, the voice of Judah, and bring him unto his people. Let his hands be sufficient for him, and be thou an help to him from his enemies. And of Levi, he said, let thy Thumen and thy Urim 
Um, and I just wanted to say here, Thuman indicates uh, independent. And Urim, uh, I'm just uh, pulling it up, uh, uh, means light and perfection. So it says, let thy Thuman and thy Urim be with thee, thy Holy One, whom thou didst prove at Massah. And with whom thou didst strive at the waters of Meribah, who said unto his father and to his mother, I have not seen him, neither did he acknowledge his brethren, <coughs> nor knew his own children, for they were observed, uh, for they have observed thy word and kept thy covenant. They shall teach Jacob thy judgments and Israel thy law. They shall put incense before thee and whole burnt sacrifice upon thine altar. Bless, Lord, his substance, and accept the work of his hands. Smite through the loins of them that rise against him, and of them that hate him, that they rise not again. And of Benjamin, he said, the beloved of the Lord shall dwell in safety by him. And the Lord shall cover him all the day long, and he shall dwell between his shoulders. You know, between his shoulders, uh, I, uh, I take it that that's within the bosom. Uh, the bosom is between the shoulders. Uh, and so the word says, and of Joseph, he said, blessed of the Lord be his land for the precious things of heaven, for the dew, and for the deep, and cautious beneath. And for the precious fruit brought forth by the sun, and for the precious things that uh, uh, things put forth by the moon, and for the chief things of the ancient mountains, and for the precious things of the lasting hills, and for the precious things of the earth and the fullness thereof, and for the goodwill of him that dwelt in the bush, let the blessing come upon the head of Joseph and upon the top of the head of him that was separated from his brethren. His glory is like the firstling of his bullock, and his horns are like the horns of unicorns. With them he shall push the people together to the ends of the earth, and they are the ten thousands of Ephraim, and they are the thousands of Manasseh. And of Zebulun he said, Rejoice, Zebulun, in thy going out, and Ishikar in thy tents. They shall call the people unto the mountains, and they shall offer sacrifices of righteousness, for they shall suck of the abundance of the seas and of treasures hid in the sand. And of Gad, he said, Blessed be he that enlargeth Gad. Uh, he dwelleth as a lion, and teareth the arms with the crown of the head, and he provided the first part of himself because there, in a portion of the lawgiver, was he seated. And he came with the heads of the people. He executed the justice of the Lord and his judgments with Israel. Dan is a lion's whelp. Whelp means cub, like a, a small lion. Uh, it says here, uh, the, Dan is a lion's whelp. He shall leap from Bashan, and of Naphtali, he said, O Naphtali, satisfied with favor and full with the blessings of the Lord, possess thou the west and the south. 
and of Asher. He said, let Asher be blessed with children. Let him be acceptable to his brethren. Let him dip his foot in oil. Thy shoes shall be iron and brass. Um, and uh, as I said before, the word iron means uh, malleable. And the word brass, I just wanted to look that up uh, real quickly here. Um, Brass would be like a chains, uh, like um, uh, like chains, and the and the, thy shoes shall be iron and brass, and as thy days, so shall thy strength be. There is none like unto God of Jeshurun, who rideth upon the heaven in thy help. And in His excellency on the sky, the eternal God is thy refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms, and he shall thrust out the enemy from before thee, and shall say, destroy them. Israel then shall dwell in safety alone. The fountain of Jacob shall be upon the land of corn and wine. Also his heavens shall drop down dew. Happy art thou, O Israel, who is like unto thee, O people, saved by the Lord the shield of thy health, and who is the sword of thy excellency, and thine enemies shall be found liars unto thee, and thou shalt tread upon their high places. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. But did did you notice anything there while you were reading um, in Deuteronomy uh, 33 regarding the tribes? Um, you know, I'm I'm seeing some things that are are you know missing there, and it's 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 a wonderful thing how God has brought His Word together and uh, for us all to take understanding on it, especially when He is making reference to the tribes, and we see often the tribes that are mis- mentioned. We're looking at. Um, who we who do we have here? We have who do we have here in the tribes? Reuben again, first firstborn. Then we have Judah. We have Levi mentioned. We have Benjamin. We have Joseph. Zebulon. We have Gad. We have Dan. Naphtali, Asher, did, did we, are we missing something there? He mentioned Issachar, but I thought he mentioned Issachar as being in the tenth, and I'm trying to find the verse right now. Uh, he mentioned Issachar as being in the tenth of another tribe. Uh <clears throat> I see Manasseh and Ephraim. So Ephraim is there then with with uh, Joseph. He's mentioned Ephraim and, and uh, Manasseh are mentioned. And so Ephraim is included there. Benjamin is there. Levi is there. And Reuben and Judah are there. <clears throat> Uh, 
And Issachar is with Zebulun, right? As he did before. Now, uh, when we probably all know the answer to why that is, but um, remember, uh, so we, we know the answer as to why that is happening there. So we have added now in Ephraim, in with when Moses is speaking here, Ephraim is included. In the blessing, his glory is like the first one of his bullock, and his horns are like the horns of unicorns. With them he shall push the people together to the ends of the earth. And they are the ten thousands of Ephraim and the thousands of Manasseh. The ten thousands of Ephraim and the thousands of Manasseh. But now when we get to Revelation 7, we, we're missing Ephraim. Right? Yes. And then there's a mention another place in uh, Numbers 1 as where the tribes are mentioned again. Uh, we're not going to go over it, but for uh, information's sake, uh, I would say for any of those that are listening in, I would say go and read Numbers 1 and um, understand there's some uh, good information off in there about the tribes so you'll know, uh, get a, a gain an understanding as to why uh, some Dan was left out and why Ephraim was left out of these these uh, uh, tribes as they're going on. And so we have to, that that's important to take understanding. And, 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 you know, in 32, it talks about Ephraim there. In Numbers 132, it speaks of Ephraim there. But the main thing that I, I believe that why a lot of people are getting going to be left out in Revelation chapter 7, it's simply because of the rejection of Jesus Christ, the Antichrist spirit that will rule and, and that will rule in some of the hearts. I'm not going to say all of the hearts, rule in some of the hearts of man. Because when we talk about Antichrist in First um, John, he speaks of Antichrist with an S, not uh, so it's A-N-T-I-C-H-R-I-S-T with an S at the end, whereas a lot of people is equating it to one Antichrist that's going to be doing wreaking so much destruction. But remember, Satan himself cannot be everywhere, although that he can uh, be in high places. It doesn't mean that he can be everywhere. So it says in many Antichrists. Uh, in First John, so uh, we have to uh, take take that into consideration, and not really base it based on the movies that we watch all the time, but look at what the Word of God is saying, and and um, get a picture as to what is going on here in Revelation chapter seven during the great tribulations. Uh, this was the last seal that was open, and then it further goes on after it uh, makes mention of all of those that are going to be sealed and all of the nations and kindreds and peoples and tongues that will be sealed along with them. And then it goes on to say why they're being chosen. It says, before the lamb clothed with the white robes and palms in their hand. So for them to receive the, the uh, white robes, we know that there was a, uh, it was foretold also by some of the major and minor prophets that the, there was going to be people that was going to be able to receive those white robes. And yes. these people have palms in their hand. They're waving. What were they waving? Hosanna. 
uh, yes. you know, holds them up to, to the uh, God in, of the Most Highest, you know. And and he, they said, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne unto the Lamb. Well, won't that be a glorious day uh, for Amen. those that have chosen to follow after our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? And and um, to allow El Roy, who knows all and sees all and hears all, smells all, tastes all, he's he just in everything, and so he 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 knows who we are, and and then to be able to be viewed in his eyes as one of those worthy to put on the white robe. That's where we want to be because that means we are fitting into his sovereign will. Not the fact yeah. that uh, I said to someone, oh, you're so beautiful today and you're so lovely. But no, it's about how he sees us. Nobody yeah. can make us be seen in his eyes the way that we want him to, except for our relationship in him, our covenant with him, and we desire to be in whole, that whole vessel of mercy and in, in, in spirit and mind and soul and in body, we desire to be that one spirit, that that one spirit with Christ Jesus, by the power of the Holy Ghost. So it's not something that I do. It's not my works. That okay, I went and sat in the church every day. Um, I I pay my tithes, as the as the uh, Pharisees were saying. They look at how the Pharisees were perceived before Jesus. They had that outer walk. They were walking with the white robes, appearing to be wonderful and holy, but yet Jesus said the inside cup was dirty. Lord, let that not be our portion. I say, Lord, let that not be our portion. Because mm-hmm. I'd rather be like the, the tax collector who was performing his job and he come to find out that it's not worthy before God and he's beating on his chest and saying, Lord, have mercy upon me. Then to rather be like the uh, Pharisee who is saying, oh, I paid my tithes with un- un- and I, I did this and I did that, and, and, oh, I'm so exalting himself in self-righteousness. But in the eyes of God, Jesus said he wasn't going to make it. The Pharisee wasn't going to make it. Now, this tax collector probably had never set his foot off in the temple but he's saying, Lord, have mercy upon me. And and God knows he's hearing the cry in the parable that, you know, this guy is sincere. He really want, he wants change. He wants to be connected with me righteously. So uh, I can hear him. I could hear the man that's on the cross, cross that just committed a sin and saying, Lord, don't leave me. Let me enter into your paradise. I can hear that person because they knew not. But I wonder how many out there that believe that they know, believe that they have that understanding of who they are in God, but they don't, and they won't make it in that door. Uh, That is so imperative in this hour. And I believe that when he's talking in Revelation, he's saying, Sir, thou knowest, and he said to me, These are they which come out of the out of the great tribulation, and have washed their robes and made them white, what? In the blood of the Lamb. They have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They want to wear the blood. They want to wear that purity. They want to put on 
the righteousness of Christ, and they want to bear that load of it and, and, and make sure that they in, enter into the heaven. They're willing to go through the, the suffering, uh, the abuse, the abusive languages, uh, the things that say shut down, you don't have any power, you're nobody, you're oppressed. These are the ones that's willing to accept all of those things just to keep their relationship with God. Therefore, are they before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple? What was Anna doing? Anna was off in the temple. She was crying out. She was seeking for the Lord. She wasn't out in the streets with her friends just to be seen and said, oh, I'm connected with somebody. I have I have a network that loves me. No, she's she's out in the temple and she's seeking the coming of her Lord and Savior because she knows that the hour is what near and she wants to be uh, in tune. She wants to be in connection with God to make sure that she be able to see her what Lord and Savior. Not only hers, but the one for the whole world. She doesn't care about uh, going and for everybody to see and say, "Oh, uh, uh, oh, I've seen them today. We networked together. We we were uh, we had a wonderful time. We sat and talked and we had coffee." We, no, Anna was serious about connecting with God in that hour. She was serious about it. Now, am I saying, oh, let's shut everybody out. Let's not have any communion. Let's not have any fellowship. No, we should have that, but we should be seeking what? Jesus Christ in it. The Jesus Christ in it. And the worship and the fellowship of what? Jesus Christ, Abba Father. And then it says, therefore, are they before the throne of God and serve him day and night in the temple, and he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. Isn't that what we want? Isn't that what it's all about? Isn't that what it was about in the beginning of time when the Levitical priests were going in, they were purifying and sanctifying themselves, cleaning themselves up, consecrating because they what wanted to get into the holy of holies. They didn't want that bell to ring and say, whoop, I dropped because I wasn't holy enough. I wasn't able to get in those, that, that door to the holy holies where God was. They wanted the sanctification. They wanted the, the, the purifying of their ears. They wanted to get their whole body, their whole vessel into covenant with God so they can get into the Holy of Holies and, 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 and dwell and usher in his presence for sanctification. Not only for themselves, but they wanted it for the people that they were leading unto Christ, leading unto God. And that they shall hunger no more, neither thirst anymore, Neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. Wow. That, that's some serious stuff because, you know, when we talk about being in the light, the light of God, the light, the illumined glory of God, and, and he's talking about a sunlight, Jesus Christ, 
sunlight that many people are following. They're looking for the elements of this earth. Said, not neither shall the sunlight on them. There, there's not going to be a burn and a singe like we get when we walk off in the sun. And if you've ever lived in Texas, you know, when I when I would go overseas, I would uh, come back. I would come back and I would say, you know, to me, Texas is hotter than Africa. Some parts of Africa, the places where I was going in Africa. It, te- Texas was much hotter because it was like when I got when I when I would get the humidity alone will suck out the you know suck out your breath. But he's saying neither shall the sun light on them. There's not going to be that burn and that singe of the heat. And so the last lastly he says for the lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them. Into living fountains of waters, not just living fountains of water, but living fountains, what an S, and of waters. Plenty, plenty of Jesus Christ, plenty of Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes. And there's many people out there weeping now. There's many people out there that are crying. Not, even if it's not coming from the outside, it's inside, crying from pains of this world, crying and weeping because of the things that they have seen, heard, the things that maybe they smell is too deep for them, um, things that they have touched, have burned them, have sensed them. And, and they have tears in their eyes. But the Bible is saying, they which come out of the great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. There's a different story. There's a different story for for you. There's a different story. And my question is, is who wants to experience that? Who is ready to give up the things of this world and experience it? Who is ready to have a change, a real change in your life and say yes to Jesus Christ. That's my question for today. Minister Belinda McKenzie, please share your final words. And uh, then we're at the 43 mark, and so we want to uh, have time also for Minister Gloria, and then we want to pray for the nations. Amen. I mean, you've heard the word of God in all the scriptures. You know, he says an inheritance. Moses passed one down, but there was instructions. You know, God told him what he would bless them. I don't think God's people understand what it means. What inheritance are you going to leave your children? What will face the earth and what may face your generation. They can't overcome it without the word of God. You know, when they passed this down, it was power. It was blessings. It was knowledge. It was foreknowledge. And God said they would overcome. But you will not overcome it if you're not lined up to receive that blessing, to be able to, you got to maintain it. So you can lead that to your children. 
No man will be able to go through it. No, no one without the power in the word of God. You know, not silver and gold will be able to save or, or help a person. It's a relationship with God. In this word, it tells you how to have a relationship. It is not a religious thing. It's an experience and a commitment to God. And there's no other way but you have to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And uh, that's all I have to say. I mean, this stuff will happen. Mm. You can hear God. Some people say, well, I don't hear God. You have to accept him in your life. And then sit before him, pray. Lord, reveal yourself to me. You can hear God. He will reveal and give you revelations of this word. He said, if anyone come and knock on his door, he would no wise turn them away. That's a promise. He said, draw nigh to him. So you have to draw nigh to God, not to the things of the world. Amen. Hallelujah. And Minister Gloria Vasquez, please uh, share your final words with the body of Christ. I just uh, want to go back to the white robes, you know, uh, how this goes throughout the uh, entire Bible, this washing of the robes, this this washing. Uh, And here we are in Revelations and uh, who's standing before God but the ones that washed their robes white. Uh, How important this is to God that he mentions it over and over again. And in the end, this is uh, one of the things that marks those who are elect, uh, that they are the ones that uh, kept their robes white. Um, And uh, I just wanted to read a couple of verses here in in Revelation 22 and 3, and it says, There will no longer be any curse, and the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his bondservants will serve him. And just what God has in store for those who have been faithful uh, in verses uh, 14, 6, And I saw another angel flying in the midheaven, having an eternal gospel to preach to those who live on the earth, and to every nation and tribe and tongue and people, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, it's not that they haven't heard, but will they be faithful in keeping what they've heard? It's not about getting the knowledge. God will ensure that he makes it available, but it's about applying the wisdom, applying it to our lives. And in that, we have a responsibility uh, and accountability to keep the word of God, to keep the Lord's laws, uh, to be faithful, to be observant, to hear, to see, to understand and know what the Lord has uh, made available to us through his word and and then uh, apply it. Um, In uh, Revelation 11, 9, those 
from the peoples and tribes and tongues and nations will look at their dead bodies for three and a half days and will not permit their dead bodies to be laid in a tomb. Um, I'm just trying to find the, some of the verses that talks about uh, the, uh, in verse uh, 611, and there was given to each of them a white robe, and they were told, that they should rest for a little while longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who were to be killed, even as they had been, would be completed also. You know, the Lord will ensure that they make it in. God will wait on them. God will, you know, he'll push back all the events of earth to make sure that they will make it in, granted, if they remain faithful. God won't you know, lose them in the in 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 the uh, events of time. God sees their hearts; He knows them, and He sees their faithfulness, and He's got your back. You know, uh, but it's up to us to remain faithful to Him and to wash our robes. Amen. 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 And so, this is an opportunity for for everyone out there. If you are listening in. Um, it's, it's an opportunity for us to examine ourselves and and spend some time with God. You know, we say we say we don't have time. Uh, I, we have to do this. We have to do that. But I, I wonder if when we uh, enter into the gates, if He will tell us, "I don't have time." Um, I don't think He's going to do that because I believe He loves us. But it, it, it not. I don't think it's nothing too big and and too um, that we can't say we don't have time for God. We have to make time. We have to make time just as he has made it for us. We have to begin to open up the Bible and begin to read it and have that relationship with him because the Bible says he is the word. The word was from the beginning and it will also be in the end. It's nothing that he's a God that changes not. So it's up to us to search out why um, as things were went over time, why it is we have to be the ones to go and study and prove ourselves um, faithful in the word of God and honorable to the word of God and accepting of the word of God. We can't build a picture of things the way we want it to be. We have to build it upon his word, the way he wants it to be. Um, and that's my final words. And we we just want to spend some time and pray for the body of Christ. And uh, Minister Belinda, um, we're going to pray, uh, first of all, for the leaders of the body of Christ. Uh, for alignment to the word of God And again we want to keep Some open space here If we can keep it uh, down in time So we can cover all of the other, uh, other areas We need to pray about At this time In Jesus name okay. Father in the name of Jesus Lord We enter into thy throne room Humbly but boldly God As heirs to your word Father we pray for the leaders God Lord, to be lined up, line upon line, precept upon precept. We ask, God, that, Lord, you will bring them forth in power and wisdom and in knowledge, that you will give them strength, God, to, to endeavor 
the arrows of the enemy, God. We ask, God, that you stand a uh, standard against with anything that would try to come against them, God. We ask you, Lord, Father, the Abedal, Son, the Aki, according to our word, God. You measure out, God, a measurement towards them, Lord Jesus. And every need that they have, God, and every door that needs to be closed, that the enemy tries to open up against them, God, you, God, close it. And all the doors that you want to be open, God, open it, Lord Father. Equip them according to thy word, God, with the power that only comes from heaven, God. Strengthen their legs, strengthen their arms, strengthen their bodies, and strengthen their spirit, God, that they will still proclaim, God, the word of God, no matter what, Lord Father, in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. And uh, Minister Glory, can we please pray for the men, woman, and child of the body of Christ as yes. the Lord leads you. Amen. Father God, we thank you. We bless you, God. Thank you for your word. Father God, I lift up to you every man, woman, and child, Father God, everyone. Um, oh God, I remain humble before you, God, but as far as my prayer will cover throughout the earth, Father God, is this prayer can cover that much, Lord. And I pray that you will hear it with my heart, Father God, that I just pray that all would be saved throughout the earth, dear God. Every man, every woman, every child, Father God, that they would have the gospel available to them, Lord God, that doors would be opened uh, for the gospel to go forth, dear God, into all nations, because there's so much resistance throughout the earth to the gospel. But Father God, I pray that your gospel would make it in uh, to every nation, to every tongue and tribe, dear God, that they would hear, that they would uh, see with spirit eyes and hear with spirit ears what the Holy Spirit is saying to them, dear God, that their hearts would be transformed, transformed and their minds renewed, dear God, according to your word. Father God, that they would understand your precepts and your standard for holiness, Father God, and that truly they would wash their spiritual robes white, dear God, that they would give up the idols, that they would understand that there's nothing Nothing in this world, dear Lord God, that can bring them salvation except, dear God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the acceptance of Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross, dear God, for the atonement of their sins. Father, I pray that they would accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, dear God, and that they would see that there is no man on this earth that is able to do for them what Jesus did, dying on the cross, freeing them from the burden of sin and removing the sting of death, eternal death. There's now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. And I pray, dear God, that the mind, um, the understanding of their mind, dear God, would, would uh, just receive this, that they would understand what that means for them, dear Lord, receiving Jesus Christ and no other, nothing else. There is no idol they can raise to take the place of Jesus as Lord and Messiah, as Redeemer, as Savior. That Jesus is truly the way, the truth, and the life that you have given us as a precious gift, dear God. That we should have eternal life with you in eternity, dear Lord God. I thank you and I praise you for your immense grace, for your immense mercy, dear God, for your immense love for each and every one of us. And thank you, dear God, that even today, dear God, you push back the timeline of the enemy, that all of your sons would be made known. Thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 
Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day. We glorify your holy name, and we thank you for the opportunity, O oh Lord, to come before your throne of grace and uh, just to share your word. And, Father, we pray that you will continue to give us the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to stand faithful in your word and uh, commune with you, worship and fellowship with you all the days of our lives, and we will uh, dwell in your presence, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. And, Father, we ask, O oh Lord, you said you're coming for the sick and the sinner, O oh Father, and that uh, sinner is one that do not know. They know not. not. Um, so we're asking, O oh Lord, uh, that you would go out and you would touch hearts, that you would open up their spirit, man, to receive from you, O oh Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I pray that you will be uh, the cloud over their mind and that uh, that they will really the things of God and that they would take hold of it and let it root into the uh, soul in Jesus' mighty name, that the Holy Ghost work and bring conviction of man, uh, those that do not know you, Father, we ask, O oh Lord, that you would touch them. And, uh, Father, that you will mold and shape them into your likeness. And we just uh, push them towards your vine, O oh Lord. Let them uh, glean and feed from your vine, O oh Lord, that they can grow and bear the fruits of your righteousness in the earth, O oh Lord, to, to bring others unto you. Oh, Father, let it manifest unto your glory. And we ask, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, O oh Lord, uh, that you will uh, make provisions for the body of Christ, O oh Father, where there is lack. Uh, Father, uh, let us hold on to the seal of our Father. Let it be planted upon our heads, O foreheads, as you have said. And Father, we ask, O Lord, that we will be faithful in it and never uh, grow weary nor tired that we will stand uh, with hind feet, O God, and in many high places before you. In Jesus' mighty name, O Lord. O Father, have your way in our lives as the day for the days to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Give us faith. Amen. Mm-hmm. Grace of God be with everyone. May He empower and equip for the day to come. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. 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 Amen.